I promised that we would make this week work for two Wine and Gold Talk podcasts. And even though I am currently in my car on the way back home, we're making it work. So I was going to say, are you driving right now? I am driving, yes. I was doing a little event out in Bedford, but the Winking Lizard, and they're helping to feed the people of Northeast Ohio. Um, and we appreciate them very much. So I was out there, and I, I told Chris, I said, literally, the only time we cannot do today is 4 o'clock. So I said, fine, 5 o'clock works. We'll make it work. I know there's, it's not, is it that bad, the audio? I don't think so. I think it's doable. It's fine. Okay. And I'll be home, like, within 20 minutes anyway, so it'll okay. be perfect. Um, but, Chris, we promised the people where we would put this podcast out, and we have a lot to get to today, We a lot of fun stuff to get to. It's uh, That's kind of why we did this, because we knew there was going to be a lot in the way of stuff that we missed last time, a lot of general interest stuff, a lot of, you know, stuff that we wanted to get into that we didn't have time. But first and foremost, we will start out with a little bit of business, um, as people say uh you put an article out today in regards to andre drummond i know you wanted to touch a little bit on that unfortunately i have not read it yet but i will um tell us a little bit about the article and what what andre drummond means to the cavaliers this offseason and everything going forward well i i had been getting a lot of questions either on subtext or on twitter hayden about um what the Cavs can do this offseason because a lot of people are starting to look ahead all right we don't know what's going to happen with the remaining games of the regular season but let's take a look ahead at the Cavs and what are they going to do when it comes to the draft? What are they going to do when it comes to free agency? Who is on the trade block? Things along those lines, right? That's usually where people's minds go um, around this time of year, especially when it comes to the Cavs. And the season should be over at this point in time. Their last game should have been last night. Um, so I had been getting a lot of questions about who are the Cavs going to target in free agency and I responded to somebody and I said, where are they going to get this money? And, and I think the bigger picture here, Hayden, is the Cavs offseason is controlled by Andre Drummond. What they're able to do, what they're not able to do, is all up to him. He has a player option in his contract for north of $28 million. And if he picks it up, the Cavs have absolutely no money to spend in free agency. Sure, they'll have the mid-level exception that all um, teams over the cap or around the cap will have, and they can try and be competitive with that kind of money. But if he opts into his contract, that's the big move that they're going to make this offseason in terms of free agency. Um, if he doesn't opt into his contract, then all of a sudden they have a bunch of money that they could spend in free agency, probably between 20 and $40 million, depending on what happens with their draft pick and where it falls and what happens with cap holds of Tristan Thompson and some of these other guys, Ante Zizic being another one. Um, but the problem is, even if they have that kind of money to spend this offseason, Hayden, it's one of the weakest free agency classes in recent memory and not just because there's so much uncertainty about what the salary cap is going to look like. Um, it's that it's that way because so many teams are preparing for the summer of 2021, which is the summer of Giannis. The summer of Giannis, obviously the Cavaliers would, I, I would venture to guess the Cavaliers would not be a part of that conversation. Nope. nope. Yeah. So, so the summer of Giannis will not necessarily affect the Cavaliers in that way, but I'm sure they're already looking towards that year um, in regards to free agents as, as something that, you know, they're going to keep an eye on because 
Colin Sexton will have had another year under his belt. Darius Garland will have had another year under his belt. Kevin Love's contract will be coming closer to an end. But, I mean, they, they could be in a position then where a big free agent would help them. They could. It's just a situation where for them and building this team, Hayden, they're going to try and do it through the draft and they're going to try and do it with their own guys. They're going to have to eventually they're going to have to come up with a contract extension for Colin Sexton. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, Hayden. If he continues to play at the level that he has shown in the first two years and he continues on this trajectory, we're talking about something close to the max for Colin Sexton. Um, because if you think about Buddy Heald, if you think about Jamal Murray, if you think about Jalen Brown, all of those guys have gotten big, big money to stay with those teams that drafted them. So the Cavs are going to have to take care of Colin Sexton from that standpoint. They're also going to have to make a decision soon again on Larry Nance Jr. Um, So there's so many different things that they're going to be faced with moving into the future. And I think their primary focus is always going to be on their own guys building through the draft um, and not so much free agency. They're going to look at free agency as a way to kind of supplement the roster. If we need to fill a hole on the wing, maybe we can do that. If we need a depth piece as a backup point guard, maybe we can do that. If we need another big to add to the rotation, Maybe we can do that as well. But the significant high-level moves, like those aren't going to come in free agency for this organization until they're much further along in this potential rebuild. And it's not going to happen this offseason because Andre Drummond is more than likely going to opt into his contract, stay in Cleveland, and wipe away um, any kind of salary cap space that the Cavs were going to have this offseason. So in the article, Chris... um that we are that I'm going to read later for sure, uh, and I did not have time to read today. But in the article, I mean, can you point out a little some of the the kind of the structure? Is it more like a question and answer article, or you did you just kind of throw your thoughts out on this Andre Drummond situation as a whole? No, I just lay out the two scenarios: okay. what happens with the Cavs in the off season if he opts into his contract, which is again they won't be active in free agency um, because he's going to take up their money. Um, and then what happens with the Cavs when it comes to this offseason if he doesn't opt into his contract? And in that scenario, they have a lot of money to spend, but no free agents to spend it on. So I would think that they're completely fine with either scenario playing out. And the one that internally they're expecting is that Andre Drummond is back with the team. And they're completely fine with that. Because at the time that they made this trade, Hayden, they knew that he had a player option. They knew that it was entirely possible that he was going to opt in because not too many teams are lining up to give him $28 million on the open market. And the Cavs saw the well of restricted free agents and some of these other guys dry up quickly. And they said, hey, there's no better way for us to spend free agency money in the offseason than on somebody the caliber of Andre Drummond, who fits our timeline, who gives us a rim protector a roller in the pick and roll and he can make us more competitive. So that can help the growth of some of our young guys. And and that's what the Cavs were thinking at the time of the trade. And I think that's the scenario that so, is most likely going to play out. So, I mean, what, what would the reason be for Andre Drummond to opt out? I mean, would it be just because he didn't <laughs> like Cleveland? Would it yeah. just be because, I mean, is that, is that, I mean, there, there's every reason in the world for him to opt in. 
Uh, and the one reason I suppose that maybe he wouldn't opt in for is just the fact that he didn't like the situation in Cleveland, but that doesn't seem to be the case. That's the only one. That's absolutely the only one. And and maybe it's a situation where him and his agent feel like, so I'm trying to think of some of the teams, Hayden, that are going to have cap space, projected cap space. Yeah. Okay, one of them is the New York Knicks. Yeah. Maybe he says to himself, I've always wanted to play for the New York Knicks, and the Knicks are willing to give him a big contract, which is unlikely. But that's the kind of scenario that would have to play out. But But even still... I don't think there's any team in the NBA, Hayden, that ever again is going to give Andre Drummond $30 million. Yeah. He's just not that kind of player. We've talked about this on the podcast. Yep. There are certain centers in the NBA that are going to be worth $30 million a year. Andre Drummond, his skill set, he's not one of those guys. He's not the ideal fit for this particular era. So the only way that, that he would decide, hey, I'm not going to stay in Cleveland I'm going to opt out. I'm going to take my chances in free agency is exactly what you said. He just hated his, his short stint in Cleveland that much. And he desperately wants out. And, and I don't have any signs of that being the case. Right. So when Andre Drummond opts in, then, you know, then your scenario, then that scenario will play out and the Cavaliers won't have much money to spend in free agency. And um, yeah, I think that's very fair and very valid. And again, you can read Chris's piece on Cleveland.com slash cabs so go to cleveland.com and uh, read chris's piece but chris i don't I, I don't want to take away from the work that you did because i do want to you know want to make sure that you have your platform to, to get your work out there but we did have some other things that we wanted to talk about hell yeah for sure um and i wanted to bring this up because i know it's going to bring up some sort of bu- bubbling thoughts in your gut or something the browns release their uniforms we don't <laughs> this is not a browns podcast but we are from cleveland we do work for cleveland.com you know it was the biggest sports news in Cleveland for a while, at least, maybe since NFL free agency. Um, I know you don't like them just because of the colors, but what are your overall thoughts? I know you talked to Larry Nance Jr. about them, too, and I would love to hear a little bit about that. So let me just say that I don't love them because I just don't love the combination of colors that they had to work with. Right. I just think it's really, really difficult, Hayden, to do something great when you're working with brown orange and white and that's the reality for the browns that's what they're going to stick with because they're going to be true to tradition and and true to who they are that's basically what they said in in the jersey release right um but i thought they did a good job with what they had to work with does that make sense yes yes absolutely i mean very traditional i I love them i mean i think traditional love them I do. I love them. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much else they could have done outside of orange pants that would have made me like them anymore. Um, they're exactly what the Browns should be. Just yes. OK, you're saying the color combination is bad, but if that's what they have to work with, that's what they have to work with. So I think for every for all intents and purposes, they they brought the stripes back. They kept everything traditional and simple the way it should be with the Cleveland Browns. And you move on from there. But. I want to hear a little bit more about Larry Nance, because I know you did talk to Larry Nance Jr., who is a Clevelander through and through. His dad obviously played here, and he grew up here and went to Revere, and he's mm-hmm. a big Browns fan. He was out at um, training camp this year where he told you to get away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what did Larry have to say? Well, he was one of the first people that I thought about, because he's one of the biggest Browns fans that I know, including a lot of my family members, including a lot of my friends. 
Right. He just loves the Browns. He has bets with um, a bunch of other guys around the NBA when the Browns are playing. Let's say it's the Washington Redskins. Him and Josh Hart have bets uh, when the Browns are playing other teams, maybe from Los Angeles. He'll have bets with some of his former Laker teammates. Um, at the time that Miles Garrett was suspended, Larry wanted to know what I was hearing on Garrett's suspension and whether it was going to be shortened. So this guy, he loves the Browns and he grew up watching the Browns. And he said the first jersey that he ever owned was Peyton Hillis after he got on the what? cover of Madden. Yeah, think about that. Isn't that crazy? What? Peyton like, Hillis. Yeah, I was like, wait, don't you have like a Bernie Kosar picture or something like that? Well, or he's not, I, I, I get that he's not old enough. Like, he's. So he's younger than me, but still, yeah. I mean, listen. My first, like, my grandpa put me in a Tim Couch jersey, or I think it was Tim Couch, or maybe both. But my grandpa, my grandpa put me in a Kim Tim Couch and a Courtney Brown jersey when I was like four. Oh, so, so that or no, it would be. I was born nine, so be six. So like, it makes sense that his first, but it still would have been before Peyton Hillis. Well, he said Peyton Hillis in high school is when he started to get into player jerseys because he was just a Browns fan, and there wasn't one specific player that he gravitated to. He said part of it was because they're football players and they wear helmets and they're not as relatable and you don't really know who they are as people, and it's hard to identify with them that way. Um, The other part of it was, he said, there was a revolving door at quarterback, so they didn't have that superstar player, the one that, you know, all of a sudden, it's Peyton Manning, I've got to get his jersey, right? Or it's Tom Brady, and I've got to get his jersey, or it's Aaron Rodgers, and i got to get his jersey. That kind of player was missing from the Browns. So I understand where he was coming from, from that standpoint. And then Peyton Hillis got on the cover of Madden, and that that became a huge deal, right? So a lot of (laughs) people were like... I got to get that jersey. One of the biggest rises and falls in such quick fashion in the history of the NFL. Like, I remember that I remember the Peyton Hillis thing. I was like, he's going to end up winning this. And sure enough, he did like the most random player in the history of the world to end up on Madden. But hey, but I mean, in regards to you, I think you're exactly right. And that's something that 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 did make me think, Okay, that makes sense with Larry Nance Jr. is because Larry Nance Jr., like he's right there. There were no Browns players that were like superstars. I mean, yeah, there they were guys that had good years. You had your, um, you know, you had your Braylon Edwards and Kellen Winslow and uh, Derek Anderson had his good year, but there wasn't like an NFL star until really Peyton Hillis and God bless Joe Thomas. I mean, everybody loves Joe Thomas. He's one of, <laughs> of the greatest course. dudes ever, but like, are you really going to go out and, and buy it? I mean, now I guess he would because he's a legend. But at the time, were you really going to go out and buy a Joe Thomas 73 jersey just because he was a left tackle? I mean, it's no offense to Joe. And Joe, I know that he sometimes, he, that, you know, maybe he would end up listening to this somehow if he heard it got out. But there's no offense to him. It's just like it wouldn't be the first choice of a young kid to go buy a number 73 left tackle jersey. Right. That's exactly right. You want to wear wide receivers, cornerbacks, running backs, quarterbacks. It's it's way down the list even if the guy is great like he is and joe thomas is one of the best players that of all time of all time yes absolutely um it's way down the list of of the kinds of jerseys that you want to rock unless let's say you know you're a bigger person and you are an offensive lineman or you played offensive line growing up 
or something along those lines. Um, So when I was talking to Larry about it all, he said he hated the previous jerseys. And a lot of people did, Hayden. Remember, they had that big show on stage, Dante Whitner, Dwayne Bow. Who else was up there? I think Andrew Hawkins, Brian Hartline. Joe Thomas was up there. I think Joe Thomas, you're right. Um, and then there was some linebacker. Was Alex it Kirksey? Mack, Kirksey, probably. I don't know. Somebody else was up there. And and it was it was something that so many people were looking forward to. And they were horrendous. Like the Cleveland on the front and the oh. Browns down the side. Just horrendous. So I'm wondering to myself, and I brought this up to Larry Nance Jr., and he didn't want to go there. And I can understand why he didn't want to go there. But... Is this a situation where it's like any new quarterback is going to be seen as good in the eyes of Browns fans because the previous quarterback was so, so bad? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm wondering about your feeling about the Browns uniforms. That's what I'm wondering about the feelings of the fans. The previous ones were so bad and so ugly that anything Anything would have been better than those, and anything would have made people more excited. Um, I don't know about anything. Like, well, they weren't going to make them worse. Y- yeah. Well, I mean, goodness, I don't know how you could. I mean, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Um, and that the Browns, they were the they were the most horrific, ugly things. And I said it from day I said it from day one. And it looked like an '80s kind of like you know one of those like TJ Maxx jerseys that you would find. Did you ever shop at TJ yes. Maxx? Yes. Like, it looked like one of those TJ Maxx jerseys that you would just like randomly see in the in the in the aisle or something. I mean, just the most hideous thing. So, uh, okay, I will level with you. Yeah, probably my feelings are more so that the ones previously were so ugly. I'm just glad that they went back to the ones that they, you know, ha- pretty much the ones they had before. But um, I think the colors look a little better. I think that, you know, everything's a little more modernized. I think, you know, yeah. I think it's a little more sleek and classic and, and cool looking. So, I mean, I, I guess I think anything's better than the last. And I think that definitely plays into my feelings. Could they have been a little more creative? I think so, obviously. But um, the Browns are the Browns. And, you know, some of the most iconic teams in the NFL, the Packers have always had the same kind of uniforms, except for their hideous throwbacks. Um, First of all, they started with blue. Like, everybody thinks they started with green and yellow. The Packers started with navy blue and yellow. Right, right, exactly. But, I mean, they've had pretty much the same uniforms. I agree. Maybe the colors have changed, but they've had pretty much the same uniforms. Like, the Cowboys have had some undergone some very minor changes, but they're the Cowboys. I mean, I think the Browns should be on that while they haven't proven it on the field, I think they should at least as one of the most beloved franchises in the NFL, at least, you know, kind of go in that tradition where, okay, we're going to, we're going to maintain our jerseys. We're not going to get too far out ahead and try to do something like they did last time, which ended up being a colossal, colossal failure. Now I get that. And the other thing that I thought, Hayden, we were talking on the podcast about how I wanted it to be dark brown. It seems like they did go more dark brown, yes. or at least they appear to be more dark brown. And maybe part of that has to do with um, the lighting where they took the photos of them. Maybe part sure. of that has to do with the fact that the face mask um, is dark brown, and that helps it as well. But I was talking to Nance about this because he went to Wyoming, Um 
theirs was more like a Crayola Brown, I felt like, when he played at Wyoming, and that was just hideous. Yeah. And the Browns, it seems oh, like goodness. it's more dark brown. Oh, my goodness. Can, can we dive into that conversation? <laughs> Holy smokes. Like, okay, you you and a lot of other people crucified me for the Josh Allen take, and that's fine. I get it. I loved him, I, and I still like him. But, I mean, Josh Allen, Larry Nance Jr., two of Wyoming's best. But they have the worst color scheme in yes, the history do. of the world. Oh, my God, is it bad. Like, and what you, does he think about that? And, you know, well, he doesn't like it. Um, <laughs> we talked about that yesterday. And honestly, honestly, Chris, if I, was, if I was in the running to go to Wyoming, their color scheme alone would make me reconsider. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that? Um, the school that I went to for college has those yes, same colors. Yes, same exact one. Yes, oh. yes. And you know what we used to do? You know what we used to do? What did you used to do? Anybody that went to the Baldwin Wallace bookstore scooped up the black gear. Yeah. (laughs) As quick as possible. Yeah. And every time you would go in there, about two weeks after they had their newest editions put out on the racks, the only thing that would have been left was the bright yellow and the brown, because everybody would go with the gray and the black, the side colors that you don't really think about. Yeah. And it, and part of the reason why I've been talking about maybe the brown shading towards the black is because of that. Baldwin Wallace's colors in college were yeah. brown and yellow, yeah. but I wore black and yellow, and it just looked so sharp. Yes, and I, I was gonna do a little, ther- you know, a little therapeutic diving. I mean, maybe this is the root of your hatred of brown, <laughs> just like the because I agree, Baldwin Wallace too is horrific. Like the school, nothing is the school. It's not. Yeah, about you that. better not. That's but, my alma no, mater. No, buddy. absolutely That's not. my alma no. mater. No, that's again, my grandfather at a drugstore around there. I'm very, very much aware of the the B Dub and, and and Jim Trussell's father used to coach there. I get it, and it's a great school. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that way. But the color scheme, just, again, absolutely horrendous. And I do not at all blame you for going with the black and the yellow. And they should go black and yellow. That's yeah. a situation That's a situation in which, okay, black and yellow, like, it's, it, it, and they're the, are they the yellow jackets. Like, it would make yep. so much sense. Yep. Like, why, like, the Wyoming Cowboys being brown and yellow, I just, I can't do it. I can't deal with that. One of the gripes that I have about the Browns' new uniforms, and it's a small one, I don't care about the orange pants. I know a lot of people care about that, and they want the orange pants. And Paul D. Podesta um, basically said, not Paul D. Podesta, J.W. Johnson, he said that they were looking into uh, ways to kind of trickle those orange pants into the combination. Eh, That's fine, whatever. Why on earth, Hayden, did they change the color rush jersey? That I don't know. They that took the know. stripes off the shoulder pads. That was probably the best jersey that the Browns have had in quite some time, I would say. Yeah. The color rush one. Yeah. That's one that I would actually buy as a fan. And yeah. all of a sudden, they took the best jersey that they had, the best combination that they had, and they changed it. They took the stripes off the shoulder pads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, what I do know, what I do know, and I said, I've said this on Facebook Lives, there is a member of the Browns or a front office that detests the color orange. So that could have something to do with all of this. I'm mm. not going to name names. I'm not going to say what, but there is, I have been told by people in the organization that there is a certain member of the front office that detests the color orange and they try to do as little with it as possible. 
So maybe that had something to do with it, taking the stripes off. But I agree that they were great uniforms, and I would love to see them, you know, I, they might wear those in the like as throwbacks in the future. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I agree. I mean, they're pretty much the same outside of the stripes, but I think the stripes would have made them pretty cool. For sure. I don't know. Uh, and I think the the socks are a little bit different too. Yeah, the stri- Yeah, I think it's just brown socks or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But well, I mean, maybe they wanted to get away from the color rush because they wore them so many times this year and they stunk. <laughs> maybe that had something to do with it. They wore them for thirteen games and they just puked all over themselves and most of the, or not 13, they were in five home games and other games and they puked all over themselves. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe. All right. So we'll move on from that topic. Larry Nance Jr. If you're listening, goodness gracious, I'm sorry you had to endure those Wyoming colors for as long as you did. And I'm surprised and I'm surprised that you didn't reconsider going to another school. I know that, you know, you're grateful to go to scholarship, but maybe you should have been in the, the president's office begging them to change the colors because they're horrific. <laughs> and, uh, but I know but Larry. It, I, go ahead. He he was a fan. He likes what they did, and and the way that he said it is basically the way that so many other people have said it. And Hayden, simplifying it is probably um, the right move for a team like the Browns. When you try and go too fancy and over the top, um, you kind of escape from the core and the identity of the team. So Nance liked the fact that they simplified it. By the way, another question that I asked him. And I could basically hear the disdain in his voice over the phone when I asked this question. I said, point blank, I said, in the future, would you be, um, would you approve of the Browns putting a logo on the helmet? Chris. What? That's a hot button topic, Kate. It's a no-no. But it's a a complete no-no. I mean, how many people do you know that, all right, would you be willing to put something on the helmet? Well, here's the problem. Would I? Yeah. Yes, of course I would. Like what? What would you put on? I don't know. I don't know that I've come up with that particular answer. I just don't like that their logo is a gigantic orange helmet. Well, I would agree with that. I mean, so, point, yeah. They, so, do, they probably do need a new primary logo. So I don't know if it's the B inside the football that they've dabbled with recently I don't know if it's the elf, probably not the elf, because that's not very manly. And and you're playing football. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think too many players want to be running around like the Keebler elves out there. So that's probably not it. Maybe it's a dog. Maybe it's a I don't know. Um, uh, well, that's for I guess you can think about that for a little bit. It's just it's just hard that their primary logo is a gigantic blank orange helmet. Yeah, that's true. I would agree with that. They so Nance's a, response to yeah. me was, no, that's a quick no. Yeah, no. Then I agree with him on that. All right, but Larry Nance Jr. will definitely be tuning in, as many NBA players and many individuals outside of the NBA, to ESPN's 30 for 30, The Last Dance on yeah. Michael Jordan, a 10-part series coming up. I mean, Chris, I, I mean, in this era where we're, where we're trying to find things to look forward to and trying to find you know, uh, things that'll kind of take us away from the day-to-day lives that we're living at home and, and staying at home and all that and thinking about the terrible disease that's affecting so many people and our frontline workers and all that. I think Sundays are going to become a day of immense, um, what is the word that I'm trying to come up with? There's going to be so much uh, hype, immense hype for these Sunday nights because Michael Jordan and those 
Bulls team has brought about so many feelings and memories for so many people. What are your initial thoughts on the last dance? I'm sure it'll be must-see TV for you. So one thing that I'm wondering, Hayden, is how Cavs fans are going to handle it. Yes, that's that's true. Because it's interesting to me, and, and I know that the Cavs, um, back in the 80s and 90s, they didn't have a guy like LeBron. But I feel like you can look at the second LeBron era, and you can say and feel like the Golden State Warriors prevented the Cavs from something. Yeah, you could say like a dynasty of some kind or multiple championships of some kind. Right, but before the Warriors, there were the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls, Bulls, yeah. And the Cavs at the time felt like they had chances with Mark Price and Craig Elo and Brad Doherty. So I'm curious to know, like, when Cavs fans are watching it and reliving it, just how that's going to resonate with them. Um, and if it's going to be painful to go back and, and watch some of that footage. I think it will be. I absolutely think it will be. Um, but you're right. I mean, the Cavaliers have had just horrific luck with when they, <laughs> you know, when they've, when they've had those title teams. You're right. I mean, you look at those Cavs teams. I mean, they were always the ones that were just so close, but, I mean, I guess you can't really think of them like the current Cavaliers because the current Cavaliers made the finals and then ran into the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could think of them more as like the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics of the last, you know, the four-year run with the Cavs. Because, I can like, see that. Yeah, because like those teams got there every year in the Cavaliers. You know, the, in, in 2018, the, the Celtics thought that they, you know, this was their time. You know, they had every piece that they needed. They thought it was their time. And sure enough, LeBron just bullied him and, and got his way in game seven. So I think the Cavaliers are more equitable. The old Cavalier, old Cavaliers are more equitable to those teams than the current Cavaliers. But either way, running into buzzsaws both times around, you know, that's why the Cavaliers value so much uh, the championship that they won. And I'm also wondering from this standpoint, Hayden, when it comes to last dance, if um, just just what the view of that team was like on camera, because we didn't have social media at that time and we didn't have as much access at that time to see the inner workings and to see the behind the scenes. If we get that kind of footage, we've heard the stories at this point in time, right? But I don't think we've seen it. So I'm wondering if when we see it, if that's going to change our viewpoint of Jordan and how he is as a teammate, Certainly. if he's going to come across as a jerk, if he's going to come across positively. Like, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that either have played with Michael or interacted with Michael in other ways, and, and they say good things about him. But I don't know that everybody is going to say good things about him, so I want to see the footage of that. Oh, absolutely. And I, I again, that's a great point. You know, LeBron, LeBron will have been the biggest NBA star, you know, of the social media like you know he's been through multiple eras actually when you think about it you know michael did his things with you know retirement and baseball and all that but lebron has been a stalwart since 2003 and he's gone through multiple eras and you know he's going to be the most he'll probably end up being if not the most documented superstar and nba player ever i mean he'll certainly be up there but i mean he's you know we all have videos of behind the scenes stuff and and cam- like the camera crews are so much more than they were back then. So 
I certainly agree that that you know MJ's legacy image could could change in in either way, in a positive way, in a negative way, right. depending upon this footage. It'd be very very captivating to see. But I think ultimately, I'm going to be super excited every Sunday night to watch these. I just love teams like these because there are so many stories behind the story. Sure, oh, yeah. they're a great basketball team and they won all these championships, but the stuff behind the scenes. That's what always has fascinated me. Oh, and that's again, that's why you do what you do. That's what we do what we do. I mean, we want, you know, we're we're not journalists because I mean, we're journalists for a lot of reasons, but we're journalists because we're nosy. Yes. We want to know we want to know things. We want to get behind, you know, know what what the real reasons are. And certainly the Cavaliers have had a lot of those, especially in the four years that um, LeBron was in town. I mean, they're, I can't wait. For, like I said, you know, LeBron put one night that he wanted to do an Instagram live of uh, just talking about his career. And I said, just hold on to it for the 30 for 30 that you're going to have. Cause it's going to be the, it's going to be insane. Yep. Insane. But I can't wait. All right. Last thing before we get going, because we do want to keep these a little shorter than we have been. And, uh, we've, we, we've had some fun, but we're going to continue to have some fun. So, Chris, I'm, I've been good. I have a, I have a bike in my apartment. I rented a bike. I know you run. You have a treadmill. We're, mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep in shape, but I have been snacking. Like, I do love a good snack. Okay. So what is? So we, we talked about favorite quarantine snacks. Yeah, I want to know what's your go-to. Yeah, so, okay. We, we, let's do this in the top five format. Okay. So we, and we don't have to go in as in depth. I mean, they're snacks, snacks for Christ's sake, <laughs> but I do love, I mean, I do love snacks. So I'll start from the bottom. I'll go number five. And I had these all in my head the last time we were going to do this, yeah. but I'm going to say my number five snack is kind of a healthier snack, probably, uh, or actually not so healthy. It depends. It depends on what kind of chips, chips and salsa is my number five. Like, mm. Love a good chips and salsa. Is it the regular salsa or is it queso salsa? Well, that's where I was going with the healthier. Like salsa is is healthy. The chips aren't so healthy. But if you make it queso, I mean, sure, yeah. And chips and how about let's just say chips and dip. Okay. Chips and dip is my number five. That is also my go-to, and and sometimes I mix in pretzels. So it's a combination yes. of pretzels and chips and dip, and um. That's absolutely something that that I've been snacking on either at night or along with my meals. So I'm right there with you. That's probably my number five as well. Okay, my number four uh-huh. is it's kind of a, it's not a strange one, but I love just like grabbing a handful of cereal <laughs> without any milk or anything. Yes, without any milk. Yeah, I I like all different kinds of cereal, like Captain Crunch or Honey Nut Cheerios or Cinnamon Toast, like. I always just love to have like a box of cereal around and just, you know, walking by the kitchen, just grabbing a handful of cereal. I think I I love cereal in general as a breakfast food, but I also love it as a snack. No kidding. Yes. Okay. My number four. I told you it's a little off. I mean, that's like, I can understand doing that as a little kid, like little kids walk around with all those baggies and they have honey nut Cheerios or Cheerios or whatever. That's where it stems. That's where it stems from because I used to do that all like, I would, yeah, all the time. So well, everybody used to do that, but it didn't, 
It didn't last all that long. Well, for me, it lasted, Chris. <laughs> it, it lasted until 27 years old, and it'll probably last far into the future, too. Oh, my God. All right, my number four, I'm just lumping it all together, candy. Okay. I mean, I am a candy nut, and my usual go-to, Hayden, is any kind of fruity candy, so you can talk about Sour Patch Kids, yeah. Starburst, Mike and Ike, Skittles, Haribo yep. Gummy Bears. Yep. If it's... um. If it's a fruity candy, I'm I'm eating it. There's no doubt about that. Is there like is there one that you don't like? No, I no. can't think of one. To be perfectly honest with you, Mm-mm. nope, not one. Good. Hey, I'm I'm the same way. I do love a great candy. I mean, candy is fantastic, dude. Growing up, I used to ride my bike to different stores, different candy shops, with coins in my um plastic baggie. Because candy was so cheap back then, and I would just get a huge bag of candy for the day or for the week or whatever the case may be. Um, Warren Village, I grew up in West Park, so Warren Village had a couple of different candy shops that I used to go to. And they weren't candy shops, really. They were other stores. One of them was a florist. It was a shop of flowers, but they had candy right there at the front desk. And then another one was Buyer's Outlet, which had 10-cent little candies. So I used to ride my bike anywhere and just get as much candy as I could because I was a candy nut and I still am. So like, so do you have teeth problems? (laughs) I don't. Isn't that crazy? I've had good for you, buddy. I think I've had one cavity my entire life. No way. Yes. That is insane. Good for you. You're lucky. I know. Despite all of the candy and junk that, that I've eaten throughout my life. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to go number, so your number four was candy. Yes. My number three is going to be hard candy. Okay. I love, I love hard candy. Like I just, I love like peppermints and stuff like that. Like you can pop in and Jolly Ranchers. Um, even those, like, I know people hate that, like butterscotch, like old people candy. I might go oh so the reason, the reason, the reason for this, there's a reason for this. Like because, cinnamon discs. Yes. There's a reason for this because my grandfather used to drive me at like we, me and my grandfather were very close yeah. and he would, he spent most like half the year in Florida. He spent half the year up here in Ohio. So we would spend up spending a lot of time together and he would drive me around and in his car would always have a bag full of like the Brock's hard candy. And I yeah. just, I would drive around and eat it. And then I just, it's now it's like a thing where it like brings back the memory and then I just still do it. So <laughs> I'm going to go with hard candy as number three and I'm going to get, lambasted for a lamb is it lamb yeah lambasted yes, oh. oh my god i'm gonna get so much garbage for that i know but go ahead uh, oh my gosh that's unbelievable to me yeah yeah well i you're not alone so it'll be it'll between the cereal and the hard candies it's gonna be oh there's gonna be a lot i'm learning a lot about you during these podcasts yeah, I know. We might not be uh, friends for much longer. <laughs> All right. So my number three, do you know what Triscuits are? Of course. Okay. So what I do is I take shredded cheese and I put that on top of my Triscuits and I put it in the microwave and I make oh Triscuits God, and yeah. cheese. It yeah, is those are... so good. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. That is always one of my go-tos. That has been one of my go-to favorite snacks since I was in junior high. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, I'm 100% with you on that. 
And sometimes I'll put pepperoni on there or salami on there, but most of the time it's just Triscuit and cheese. You can make it like a little Triscuit and cheese pepperoni salami sandwich. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Love that. All right. My number two, I love pretzels. I Okay. Like, I love the big sourdough, like hard pretzels. I love the pretzel rods. I love, like, soft pretzels are my favorite, like, you know, at a ball game or event i love soft pretzels so pretzels are definitely my number two with a little ballpark mustard on there or even some salsa as you mentioned i love some salsa on the pretzel um what what's wrong with salsa you just said salsa and pretzel you put you dip your pretzel in the salsa sometimes i dip it in dip i don't dip it in salsa dips and salsa whatever (laughs) that's what we were talking about we were talking about dip and salsa yeah and queso dip or whatever yeah, definitely not the red salsa with chunks of tomatoes and stuff like that, oh, right? Oh, well, I'll, no, I'll do that sometimes. Oh, jeez, that's gross. Why is that gross? With you? It's salty. Oh, my God. But, yes, no, thank it, you. Is, it is better with, with you know, cheese. Yeah, and, you think? Of course yes. it is. Yes. Well, it In French onion dip or something, oh, but not... Okay. Meat oh, and salsa, Chris. In buffalo chicken, I think buffalo chicken dip is like my favorite thing. Oh, so good! Goodness Same. gracious, one of my like, favorites. My now, my now is that ex- is that accept time. is that acceptable for for consumption with a pretzel or no? Uh, I've never eaten that with a pretzel. I don't think. I, I mean, I haven't much. I've only but... used tortilla chips. Oh, I've, you can you could you can mess around with some different stuff with buffalo chicken dip. Not only tortilla chips, that's for sure. You can do like little pita triangles. Yeah, little too. pita that's triangles really or little crackers or little like. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go healthy, maybe even some veggies. But like, mm. oh yeah, I love buffalo chicken dip. But that's it's not really a snack; it's more of a dip. So that goes into like the dip category. True. True. All I would right, agree. So that was my number two. My number two is yogurt drinks. You know what I'm talking about yogurt like 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 um yeah like the ones that like you shake up and what, yeah what i mean i mean danon has them now chobani has them now they're little okay. greek yogurt strawberry banana mixed berry peach mango they've got all these different flavors and they so come they're not, in so they're not like, like a 12 ounce little container yeah. okay so it's not like the smoothies uh i guess it's kind of like those okay I mean, it's not Gogurt or whatever those. Yeah, that's are. what I was thinking. I was like, all right, Gogurt no. or like, do you remember those things called Danimals? Yes, I do remember Danimals. Uh, is it like that? No, it's no. more like a smoothie. Okay, more like a smoothie. Okay, more like a uh, yogurt drink smoothie. And those have been so hard to find, Hayden, during this shutdown. Really? Oh my god, I don't know why because they expire so quickly. So it's not yeah. necessarily something that somebody would hoard and kind of keep in their fridge for a long time and it's not like you can freeze them or anything along those lines but they're okay. so hard to find it's so frustrating what's your favorite yogurt like flavor then oh strawberry banana all day yeah love love a good strawberry banana what about brand do you have do you have a brand i usually go chobani because i like Chobani's the greek good. yogurt yeah and greek yogurt it good. makes me feel better about eating it because <laughs> i feel like it's more healthy it's healthier <laughs> i do feel you on that <laughs> I do love the Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt's good, for sure. It gives you more protein, so you feel like you're actually doing something. Yes, 100%. All right, my number one is a classic. It is pretty much everywhere. It would be uh, popcorn. Oh, okay. I... You've seen, and I... I, You're always eating popcorn at Cat's I'm I'm going to, I'm going to incriminate myself. 
a couple of times I think I've left messes at the at the Rocket Mortgage Field House and I do apologize. I forget to clean it up and I and some but I have since been chastised for it by local, by members of the media in Cleveland and if anybody on the Cavaliers is listening from the front office on down to the staffers I apologize for my behavior with popcorn but I just I I go in, I dive in hands for handfuls and I love it. I love it so much. I also love like I love kettle corn. I love like the cheese popcorn, like caramel corn. And I also really enjoy the healthier stuff, like the smart pop. Um, what are the other boom chicka pop They're, But everybody has yep. like a smart popcorn flavor now. So now they do. Yep. Yeah. So I love popcorn. Movie theater popcorn is obviously the best. Do you watch Shark Tank at all? Uh, I, so I watch reruns, but I don't watch it like it, when it like has a new episode. So I've seen it. Yeah. Many times. Um, they had something called Pipcorn. Pipcorn. Okay. Did you try that? No, I will. I will look at it now. I will try okay. it. Pipcorn. Okay. I think it's without the kernels somehow, some way. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There are a lot of variations on it now. And I think it's cool. I think it's great to like, some of them are obviously not as good, but you know, it's good to try. Right. My number one, almonds, any kind of almonds. Almonds. Oh, that is my go-to snack. If I'm on the road, I'll be eating almonds in my hotel room. If I'm on a plane, I'll be eating almonds on the plane. I always bring them with me. And I have new ones. They're protein almonds. And they have different flavors of protein almonds. You get them at the vitamin shop. And they have um, dark chocolate peanut butter. They have cookies and cream. They just have dark chocolate chocolate. Um, so they're, they've got like whey in them, whey protein, yeah, whey protein, yeah. and they've got those flavors surrounding it. So any kind of almond, it can be smoked, it can be honey roasted, it can be sea salt, it can be nothing. I just love almonds. Every time actually that I fly through O'Hare airport, yeah. I go to Clark's. Yeah, um, Clark's, of course. Uh, what is it called? Nuts on Clark. Yep. And I get dark chocolate covered almonds. Oh, yum. I love almonds, too. That's a great snack. You know what? Thinking back on it, like I had I had my list and then I got rid of it. And then I tr- just thought about it in my head. Yeah. My number, I think my original instead of hard candy, but I do love hard candy. And I think that should be in there. But my original was like trail mix, like like mm. snack, like nut, nut mix. That was that should definitely be in there at some. It, I don't know. There might be a five A five B situation, but I do lo- <laughs> I do love a good like trail mix, either like a healthy kind of like all nuts trail mix or like a with chocolate in it or raisins or anything like that. I love trail mix. Yeah, I'm just wondering how many people in this quarantine are going to come out of it, um, gaining some weight because well, they have so much access to food and they have so much time to snack. Yeah. And I'm not usually a snacker, Hayden. Like, I'll snack yeah. at night sometimes. Yeah. And I'll snack on a plane. But in yeah. between meals, like, I'm not somebody who sits down and has a bunch of snacks. Well, because I don't feel like I have time. I'm always yeah. on the go, go, go. Right. Well, I'm about, I'm about to come. I'm about to, to enlighten some people. Chris, Chris, for as thin a guy and as healthy as a guy he is, he can put food away. <laughs> Just, I don't know where it goes. I don't know how, what happens. But. So it makes sense to me that you're not a big snacker because you have you you can put food away at meals and that's that's what you do. Yes. 
That I love is it. so true. That's the way yes. to do it. Why snack when I can just load up and have a bigger steak for dinner or something like yeah. that, or more yeah. chicken? And God bless you because you're like you're one of the lucky ones that can just do that and be. I mean, I know you run, and I know you know we yeah. we everybody tries to stay healthy, but like some people, like metabolism, that's it's something special. You yeah, your your metabolism is special. I know. I'm just wondering if it's ever going to leave me when I get older, and well, I'm getting up there in age already. Well. You know what? Holly will love you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's the point, huh? That's the point you know. of all of this. All right. Well, we did two podcasts. We went, we did we, what we had to do. We had some fun with this one, which was great. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. So we will do another podcast on Monday. Again, keep uh, subscribing to our subtext, subscri- uh, subtext services. Again, $3.99 a month. The two-week free trial. Chris gives you a lot of great information um in regards to the cleveland cavaliers and things going on i kind of tend to bounce around between teams and sports and whatever's happening uh obviously this time has been a little more frugal in that department because there's not a ton going on but anyway um sign up for those so that you can become a friend of the show and you can get your questions into us um and we will see you like i said on monday chris thank you for joining us as always we appreciate you and uh go have some almonds for me oh i'm going to Sounds Better good, believe man. it. I've got a couple more packs of my protein almonds before I have to restock. Beautiful. I'm I'm at, I'm actually going to restock right now. I'm in the parking lot at Giant Eagle. So there you if go. you need some almonds, I'll drop some off for you. <laughs> I think I'm good for now. All right. I loaded Sounds up. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.